coming up on this week's episode of RSVP. Was not under the health and safety requirements or guidelines that you should take as a manager, one of your employees, on a skydive. Doctors make the worst patients, event planners make the worst attendees. Unbalanced, yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's unpack that in therapy. It's time for a little RSVP, the show full of rants and stories, visions and pains and so much more with special guests and fun galore. Hotels, destinations, nightmares and dreams, confessions and everything in between. So sit back, relax, pour a wine or whiskey, get comfy, cause it's time for RSVP. Hello and welcome to RSVP. I'm Callum Dilietto and this is the podcast for events and travel professionals looking for some creativity, some fun, some banter and a whole heap of inspiration. Today I'm joined by the legend. Yes, you are a legend, sir. <laughs> Joseph Charlton, how are you? Oh, a legend. Hey, I'll take that. I'm you, good, mate. You are. You, your energy is infectious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got someone called me bubbly the other day and I, I didn't know how to take that. I don't even think bubbly does you justice. I no. think you're you're more than bubbly. You're you're a bottle of bubbly that's been shaken up and popped the cork. You yeah, know? I think I've had that. Someone else called me intense. <laughs> you're very intense. I don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah. But that... I'll take it. Listen, I fill up a room. I'm a main character. Why not? There you go. Main character energy. That's what yeah. we like to see. <laughs> that's 2023. So, the first part of RSVP is the rant. Right. Now, this is an opportunity for you to get up on your soapbox and just rant about something that bothers you in the industry. And I feel like, I reckon you've got you've got some good rants in you. I mean, I've probably got a lot. <laughs> Maybe some I can't say on here, you know, but I definitely have one that springs to mind. So, obviously, I find a lot of venues. I do a lot of sourcing, all, all of our supplies on our platform. And when you're dealing with venues, it's this bizarre thing in a virtual world where they don't seem to have their mobile numbers on their signatures or you like can't get in contact with them anymore through their websites. And I'm like, I just don't get it. You're not Beyonce. People aren't trying to blow up your phone. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'm trying to bring you business and I need to ask you a couple of questions because you've not responded properly. So I just, it blows my mind. Just put your phone number on. Let's, Especially let's salespeople. Yeah. Because, you know, there's there's always two sides. There? There's, there's, there's buyers and suppliers. There's sales and there's marketing. There's, you know, whatever it is. But the salespeople are always the ones that want to answer their phone. They want to get it because it could be a new client. It could be a new customer. It, it could be more money, right? They're, they're yeah. on commission uh, of some sort. So you would have thought that they they want to be contacted. You would hope so, yeah. And the only time they contact you is when they're chasing you up. But that's like a week and a half later. Yeah. And you're thinking, how are Susan? Just pick up the phone and ring. Or Sam. <laughs> or Sam. How are Pick up the phone. Um, so, yeah. So I always message people now when I brief them and go, in the brief, please provide your phone number. Do you know what, though? I feel like, you know, not to be generationally biased, but certainly I found that younger people don't like to pick up the phone. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if, if the salespeople that are hiding their phone numbers are, are younger and just they just don't want their phone. They just don't want to speak to people. They just rather do it by email. Listen, if you want to get ahead and you're young and you're listening, pick up that phone. Are you you're gonna be streams ahead of everyone else if that's the case? It's, it's it, it blows my mind. Like, and do you know what the funny thing is as well? Sometimes not always a video call. 
you know phones phones do just have audio yeah i prefer it to yeah. be honest i prefer it i don't want to look at myself anymore no do you know what I mean? i've called people <laughs> recently and they'd be like almost shocked because they're like oh we're not we're not we're not on zoom yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah yeah this is how calls used to be so much better i find because you're not concerned about how you look or you know in your face if you react to something someone says like a really good idea you obviously re- react very positively and then sometimes people say bad ideas you're then changing how you react because <laughs> yeah. you're like oh my god that's such a good idea and then people don't think you're sincere so i think bring back the old phone call i prefer it moral of the story get on the phone put your numbers on your email signature and just <laughs> answer just... <laughs> <laughs> so the next part of rsvp is is split into three and uh, it's an opportunity for you to share some stories the first story that I'd like to hear from you is your most memorable destination experience. I would say my favourite destination that I've ever been to was Sydney. I did an event at the Sydney Opera House. That was, like, I can still remember it was like yesterday, took over the back sails, took over the staircase and turned it into this awards venue. It was really cool. But at the time that I was there, I was there for like 14 days because obviously it takes... <laughs> like weeks yeah. to get there no, no one's <laughs> popping over to sydney <laughs> no and especially if you're not putting business class you need the rest but when we were there and we celebrated once we finished it we'd like scoured around sydney it was just stunning but then we did like a skydive at the end just which i found out later by when i got back at the agency i used to work for was not under the health and safety requirements or guidelines that you should take as a manager one of your employees on a skydive on the expense of the business. But, you know, it was... I got, to, <laughs> I got to see Sydney and it was brilliant. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was I was with you until you basically told me that you tried to expense your skydive as, what, a team-building activity? Yeah, not not try, I did. <laughs> I didn't pay for it. No, it's this thing, like, if, if you work for an agency and you don't realise, you should get... A, there's a national requirement of per DMs that you get in every country. So I found that out quite early on because when I first started out, people would be like, we'll give you £20 to be in Vegas. And I'd be like... Have you, have you been to Vegas? You can't even get like a Starbucks for £20. Yeah. So I found out. So every city has a requirement. So like Sydney was $220 a day that you would have to be there. So if you're there 14 days and you work out the mathematics, you can have a pretty good time. Genius. Genius. <laughs> You've just life hacked so many people there. Yeah, honestly. There's going to be people skydiving all over the country, yeah. all over the world. Yeah, there is a legal PDF released by the government if you want to check out the per DMs. And a lot of your agencies, I will say, probably are paying you under. There's going to be people in your DMs talking about how great yeah. this is. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. But no one got injured, so it's absolutely fine. No. Health and safety, it doesn't matter if you, nothing happened. Exactly. It was fantastic. The next story I'd like to hear from you is your most memorable hotel or accommodation experience. Okay, I was thinking about this and I've stayed so many places, but I've got to say like my personal, and it sounds a bit bougie, but I'm not actually that bougie, is I had a catered chalet, I think it was last year or the year before, and it's just changed my life. Like I've always skied, but to have a catered chalet where you have two chalet people who are literally basically like your butlers. That sounds awful. They're lovely. Like, you become friends with them. They take you out and stuff. But, like, you wake up, beautiful breakfast. You know, you come back from skiing. It's just stunning because you've got afternoon tea served. Like, jump in, like, you've got your own, like, pools and stuff. And then you have a four-course meal, all wine and stuff like that. And then all the cleaning's done. It's literally, I'm not going to lie to you, if you've never done a catered chalet, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, I haven't, but... It sounds like the kind of the dream. It's luxury. I'm not going to lie to you. It is pure luxury. And and you don't have to be bougie to, you know, if anything, I think it's 
it's not bougie to 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 love that and experience that because bougie people they're used to that every day. Yeah, you know? this Ridiculous. is like a a rare luxury for 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 us commoners to experience. Yeah. You know, I always wondered why Mariah always spends her like months over Christmas in Aspen, and now I get it. <laughs> I'm sold. Sign me up. Um, obviously, I'm doing like deals, you know. And the the if you find the right chalet companies, and they'll like send deals out, and they're like, we've got we've got like three spaces in this chalet, and it's like re- greatly reduced. There is ways again of being resourceful and hacking. So experience. many life hacks from Joseph. <laughs> I also I'm, I'm thinking, you know, back to Mariah. You can't imagine her being anywhere where there isn't snow at Christmas. It's all it would be a crime. Yeah. It would be a crime as the Queen of Christmas. You you can't you. She can't be in Sydney. No, no, no she, she can't. <laughs> She can't be having a barbecue on the beach on December 25th. It's not, not acceptable. I think if you look at her Instagram feed across that period, she's just in Aspen. Like, yeah. everything's snow. Yeah. Everything's there and she's just wearing red or green. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 that's the life that she's accepted. And you know what? We all love her for it. Yeah. I mean, she needs to. That's how she makes all her money. Christmas, I think she get every year. It's like, cha-ching, 20 million. <laughs> Boom, from one song. And then, go on, lass. <laughs> <laughs> The final story that I'd love to hear uh, from you is your most memorable food experience. So I used to do like hundreds of awards. So I used to do menu tastings all over the world and stuff. But um, I want to organise an event in Stockholm City Hall, which is where they do the Nobel Peace Prize. And we did a menu tasting with my client at the time. And menu tasting, like if you've ever done them, like some are really shit. Um, like you rock up and like barely want to give you anything. Um, or some people like split the meals out into really small bits, don't really give you much wine. We went to this one and it was literally, I just want to say, it was like a chef's table tasting experience. Like every single bottle of wine they had, we tried it. Every single (laughs) dish they had, we tried it. There was like 19 people in this little kitchen and we were sat there and my clients were like, is this what it's like? I'm like, no, this is not what it's like. This is like insane. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If you're going to do an event at the Nobel Peace Prize at Stockholm City Hall, it ain't cheap. So they have to make it an experience. And it was phenomenal on the night. But yeah, that sticks in my brain. I'm thinking you left that menu tasting quite tipsy. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not gonna, yeah. <laughs> I was a little bit drunk, yeah. <laughs> that might, I'm surprised it's memorable, to be honest. I'm surprised you haven't forgotten it all. Yeah, I had so much food. I had about 19 courses of food and all, so that would be it. Yeah, it was great. It's also nice to... We did an event at BAFTA, which you were at. Beautiful. And eating what you know the celebrities or or what the nobel peace prize winners or you know it does feel like the menu is elevated to a different level like when you eat that food you're like okay right if george clooney can eat this and i'm eating this suddenly it tastes a lot better yeah i do you know what that bafta meal i did think this is pretty nice i also (laughs) thought there was not one bit of carb and i thought these (laughs) these celebrities are hungry that's all i got like it was like it was beautiful the way they've done it because it was duck wasn't it and loads of different ways of like fabulous duck and stuff but i just remember there being like no potato there was no nothing else on that dish and i thought okay i get why oh see if you had the vegetarian option you would have got those carbs but that's that's i think the the lesson there is Go somewhere where an awards ceremony happens and eat because they will eat good. There may not be that many carbs, depending, yeah. on, depending on who the audience is, but they will eat good. <laughs> so the next part of RSVP is the V. And this is an opportunity for you to envision a dream event, something that is possibly impossible. Um, but in this scenario, 
you can make anything possible. What would your dream event look like? Yeah, so I was laughing when you originally told me about this. I was thinking, oh God, do I do a risque event? Do I do something like really out there? Or is it just going to be like Beyonce, Adele, Madonna, Kylie? God, every gay idol. Cher, God, God, Cher. Jesus. Yeah, that'd be great. No, but and then, then I started to think about it and go, what would be my dream event? And I just started to think at the moment for me, you know, we've just recently um, registered as an LGBTQ business enterprise. And I just started to notice that across in media, across all of the world, there just seems to be a lot more hate. And I think there's a lot of regression against LGBTQ plus rights. And then I just started to think, what would my dream event be? And I was like, okay, how can I solve it? I was like, maybe I can make this really cool, immersive workshop where people go in who are uneducated, ill-informed, have bias, who just go in and then they come out the other end and they're absolutely lovely people and they're just sorted and they're like great if you want to be you great I support it just sending love rather than all these people sending hate for no reason and I just thought great I could tour it I obviously I commercialize it to each country I'm not daft you know, <laughs> you know I need to make a living you know and if it's world peace it should be expensive but I could go to every country and then you know that'd be it I really like the idea of just putting all of the the bigoted people through a conveyor belt and then popping out the other side and they're just lovely, lovely people. Yeah. And you could still have Adele, Beyonce, Gaga, Cher. Celebrating at the end. They could be, yeah, because then they'll they'll want to celebrate with them, you know? Oh my God, that would be amazing. Then they'd appreciate it as they come out Cher singing, do you believe in love? And they'll be like, they'll be like, yes, I do, I do believe. (laughs) Yeah. And it doesn't even have to change the, I wouldn't even say it has to change them so that, you know, they love everyone. Like, you're never going to love everyone, but just at least be able to respect people and allow them to be who they are. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, it's understanding. It's it's acceptance, isn't it? Yeah. You don't have to love everyone, but as long as you just accept them. Yeah. You know? Don't give everyone hate. I'm like, have a minute. You know, just support us. Help us. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, I agree. Very political and a bit woke. I realise. I didn't think that... You didn't think that was going to come from me, did you, Callum? Listen, I appreciate it. It was a balance of political and woke and and share singing. So, you know, it worked worked really well. Yeah, every gay idol. Try to think of a mystery. Whitney. (laughs) (laughs) The final part of RSVP is where... Listeners share their anonymous confessions. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read you an anonymous confession. And all you have to do is absorb it, uh, process it, and and reply to it, really. Reply. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So are you ready? Dear Callum, we all know that an event planner's work-life balance can often be off-kilter, but what I'm about to tell you is the epitome of unbalanced. My colleague was driving home from a busy day in the office and had to take a call with her key client, whose event was fast approaching. For context, this client is the agency's biggest piece of business, and so everyone often bends over backwards to keep them happy. I think we both know that. There's always that one client. If you've got the money, (laughs) you tell me how high you want me to jump, I'm jumping. I get it. I know it well. (laughs) It's it's that, isn't it? It's very, very that. (laughs) The call was expected to only be a quick catch-up, and yet, 20 minutes in, she'd arrived home, was still on the phone, and the end was nowhere in sight. So, she opens the door, mid-conversation, and kneeling in front of her among a display of candles and rose petals is her boyfriend, ring in hand, asking her to marry him. That can't be real. Surely not. (laughs) (laughs) She gets flustered, 
gestures to the phone with anguish in her face, somehow manages to maintain composure and continues her sentence almost seamlessly. She then runs into the other room to finish the call so that she can return to the romantic scene she's left behind. Firstly, the composure in this situation is, I mean... No, surely not. It gets worse. 90 minutes later, the call ends and she returns to her boyfriend sheepishly asking for a (laughs) do-over. Your face. Is this real? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Is is it finished? (laughs) He did. And they are now engaged to be wed, often looking back and laughing at their unusual proposal story. Unusual proposal story. How the heck? You're not getting... (laughs) I'm taking the ring back. I'm taking the ring back. And listen, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I don't, I, unbalanced, yeah, let's talk about it, let's unpack that in therapy. <laughs> My thing, you know, there's, there's, there's client demands, I get it, there's client demands, there's client things, but if I opened a door and someone was proposing to me, I'd be like, listen, Susan, me lad's just proposing to us, you can do one, I'll speak to you tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't, you're telling me you wouldn't mention that to your client. That doesn't show to me, like, firstly, I'd be like, what's your relationship? Because mm. me and my clients, I'd be like, oh, my God, Callum, you'll never guess. He's, he's proposing. I'm going to have to go. Like, we'll catch up later. It's not a big deal. And if it's fast approach, how fast? Are we talking a day, a week, two weeks, a month? Nah, that's bad management in, it- my, in my mind. <laughs> I'd be like, someone needs to have a word with you. <laughs> there is a lot to unpack, isn't there? The, the, I mean, the thing is, even if you didn't, even if you didn't have that personal relationship... I would just put the phone down immediately, right? Yeah. And then say, so sorry, I got disconnected. Like, oh, my, my battery died or something like that. You can make up an excuse, but be in the moment. You know, rather than the poor guy on one knee. <laughs> 90 minutes later. It's not even that. It's not, I get it. Right, okay. Maybe I can appreciate that, you know, it's a really big client. It's worth millions. Okay, whatever. It's on the hinge. You see it and you go, shit, I'll be two minutes. Like, fine. But the fact that it was 90 minutes later just tells me, babe, you need to learn how to manage your client. What's going on? I'll give you free advice. Come speak to me. I'll teach you. Is that or there's just absolute zero respect for the guy? The the, the other thing is, God, he must be a pushover. (laughs) Or do you know what? I guess in this industry, you have to have a level of understanding that is, is beyond the norm, right? And so he must be a saint, because that is that is some serious understanding. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Listen, this is you know me. Whenever I hate it when people are like talk about unbalanced work life balance, everything else in this industry, I'm like, babe, talk to me about your planning, and talk to me about effective management. Talk to me about effective communication, because honestly, it's not that hard. And if you're doing that, you shouldn't be. I'm driving home. I shouldn't be on a phone call because it's not safe. Yeah. I've just got home. My partner's proposed. I can't speak to you. It's past six o'clock. Can this wait till tomorrow? Like sh- basic communication. And it's weird. It, that blows my mind. I'd love to know what it depends. Are they in a senior role when they have the experience to be able to manage? Or are they a junior when they're expected to deal with it? That would be interesting to find out. That is a good point. And actually, I wonder if the pressure is from above within the organisation and not just oh, from yeah. the client. I know, know that well too. You just <laughs> you just go up and go, listen, babes, this ain't in my contract. <laughs> 
I used to do that for years and I'd like kill myself over it until you get to a point you realise, wait a minute, I'm the valuable asset here. Mm. I'm the one who knows the client. I'm the one on the count. I'm the one who's doing all the work and you're taking the money. Let me tell you. Actually, take a step back two seconds because try and replace me because I'm brilliant. <laughs> and then once you realise that, then you all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is great. It took. My, I'm going to let you know that took me... Three and a half years to get. I think know. it takes most people, like, because <laughs> early on in your career, you need to, you, you find your feet, you want to prove yourself. Once you've proven yourself a few times, then a couple of years are behind you and you're like, actually, yeah, I know my value. You do know my value, but you are taking it for granted. Yeah. And let me just, let me just make it clear. I, I do know what my value is and, and push back. But yeah. it takes confidence and it takes that kind of, that self-worth, doesn't it? Yeah. And just being, you know, a bit palsy. I wonder if the uh, the husband knows his value. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, if, if 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 I proposed to someone and then they came around and said, "Can we do it again?" No, <laughs> no, we can't. You, you fuck, I'm sorry, but let's speak in let, let's speak in a month because I'm actually I can't believe you chose your job over me proposing to you. So let's let's talk about that first. Let mine do it again. But I hope you're happy. I hope everything's gone well. <laughs> I, the only thing I can think of is that maybe, I mean, I don't know. This might be the, the, the romantic in me. But when I think of proposing to someone, it wouldn't be at home. I would want to do it in this like incredible location somewhere or something like that. So I wonder if maybe they'd had so many frank conversations about, oh, we should get married. Should we? Yeah, yeah, we should. Like, yeah, we definitely get married. Yeah, yeah, of course. Look, one day I'll get on my knee and we'll, we'll do it properly. But we, we know we're getting married, right? Yeah, yeah, we're going to get married. So I wonder if the proposal was mm-hmm. less important to them because they'd almost unofficially confirmed it. And therefore he was like, oh, she come home tonight. I'll, I'll set up some flowers and we'll do it. And so maybe it was less. Maybe, but still. <laughs> Even if it's less, Callum, I don't care. You only get engaged. Well, I see you only get engaged once. But that's not the case for a lot in of theory, people. In hypothetically. theory, hypothetically, I'd be like, this is our moment. Even if it is in the house, even if it is a couple of petals on the floor and I'm on my knee. But hey, who knows? It could have been like two petals and it was a bit of a crap proposal. And she thought, listen, I'd rather speak to my client than bloody say yes to you right now. Maybe the do-over was like, yeah, you can do it when we're on holiday. When we're on a bloody mountain, not on our dirty floor. <laughs> That, that's another thing. Maybe we don't actually know. Maybe, you know, the photos here on a rock in Ibiza or something. And she just thought, I'm not accepting this because it's not good enough. Ooh, that could be another angle we could go. I love I'm, how we've completely flipped sides. We've gone from being on his side to actually, nah, mate, <laughs> fix up, do it over again. Yeah, I would hate to date a planet. Oh, God, I'd hate to date me like, and propose to me because you build like experiences, right? You build mm-hmm. like big moments. And you've just not got a, you've not got a Scooby, like, to plan anything for anyone. And it's dead funny. I like talking to my best mate, she plans events as well. And she's like, they just don't have, they just don't have it. You know, if you do incentives, oh my God, you're never going to book a good holiday for someone. No. If, you know, big moments, if you do private parties and stuff like that, you just, Ed, just they bow say down. Doctors make the worst patients, event planners make the worst attendees to yeah. an event, don't they? Thank you so much for, for coming on RSVP. It's been an absolute pleasure and I knew it would be um, lots of fun and, you know, also some some woke lessons in there as well and some life hacks. You've hey. really, you've ticked all the boxes. You are welcome, Callum. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've loved it. It's been fun. Thank you so much. Thanks, Callum. Thanks, Callum.